The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. Talkin' Buds Leave Show, Leafs, Panthers, Game 1, post-game edition. Where do you want to start? I have uh, several takes I want to um, lay on you after that game and lay on anyone who's watching. I think we both agreed when we settled down to watch this tonight, this felt different. Like, there wasn't, like, every round one game against Tampa, it was like your parent, like, you feel nauseous. Like, your stomach is in knots going into the game, and that wasn't how we felt tonight. Tonight, it was kind of like, a, okay, let's, let's see what happens. And... As I said off the top, a lot of different sort of thoughts coming out of that. Let's start with the Florida Panthers as an opponent because I was getting really annoyed with some of the Toronto sports media personalities leading into this game and the take that, oh, well, the Leafs are the, the Leafs should walk all over the Panthers. You know, if you're the Leafs, this is this is exactly what you were hoping for, and it's like I get it. You didn't want to play Boston in the in this round because of the the history with the Bruins, but this notion that the Florida Panthers, the Leafs, were just going to walk right through them, I I hate that. The Leafs aren't walking through anybody. They're not. They never do anything easy like that. It's always difficult. And your main takeaway from watching the Florida Panthers tonight? Um, I mean, I I didn't really see. Or hear the, the the thoughts that they were going to walk all over them. I think what happened was is when you play Boston, you kind of have that built-in mentality, built-in excuse that it's going to be tough to beat this team just because of the mental hurdles you have to climb and all the baggage. But when you play just an absolute irrelevant franchise like the Florida Panthers and a team that barely slipped into the playoffs, I know – how well they played in the first round. By the end of the day, a, a team that barely slips into the playoffs, you're always going to look at them as a team that you can beat. And they proved in the first round that they they have something going that that is dangerous. And what we learned tonight was the Leafs are not going to get smothered like they got smothered by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think um, they've already played the best structural hockey team you're going to play in this playoffs and they somehow walked away with the victory whether they played well or not but I think what we learned tonight was you you can dominate the ozone possession uh the numbers but if you give up scoring opportunities against this team they're gonna cash yes and, and they prove that against Boston and they prove that tonight so I'd watch out for the errant pinches I'd watch out for going in on the wing and shooting a puck 10 feet over the net and having it ring off the glass and, and create a two-on-one, I would, uh, I understand that the Leafs like playing with, with open space and time and like playing that run-and-gun style they've been playing for as long as I've been alive, but you got to be careful with this hockey team because they proved tonight that they can, they can bury. Also not picking up your guy in the defensive zone. A lot of times there's a, an open Panther right in the slot in the offensive zone that a Leaf defender has his back to, and it results in a quality scoring chance. This is definitely the takeaway from the Florida from watching the Florida Panthers tonight, 100%. They, they will capitalize on their scoring chances. This is a team that has offensive firepower. Matthew Kachuk is leading the, the entire playoffs in points right now. 
it's yeah, it's it's interesting. There were stret there were points in this game where I thought the Leafs were were dominant and after bunting after Nyes got the goal to make it 2-1, they kind of took the game over and then bunting tied it up and it's like okay, they're imposing their will against this Florida team right now and then TJ Brody makes that really really ill-advised pinch and to your point that you just made it results in Carter Verhage going the other way, and it's in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, it was McCabe jumping in the rush at the wrong time, and then Brody not hanging back and trying to take the man along the boards that left Verhage wide open. And, but and this is the and to your point, if if you make those mistakes against this Florida offense, it's going in your net. Yeah, and like it's it's kind of they're kind of a strange team. Like they don't have a lot of big names. They don't have a lot of scary guys on paper, but they can bury and. I just thought I thought the first the, the first ten minutes before Florida scored the first goal, I thought the Leafs were all over them. They got the two power plays. I thought both of them were pretty decent power plays. They moved the puck around. They weren't sloppy. They just couldn't cash. And then Florida scored. And then and then the the kind of the whole end of the first period, halfway through the second, they tie it two two. And you're like, okay, here we go. Like they proved in round one that they're not out of it now. Like they they can actually come back and make a game out of it. And then the end of the backbreaker three two goal. It's just, it's tough to come back from that. And and Bob Bob looked pretty yes, good. That's another thing too. Sergey Bobrovsky looked really really good tonight. Thirty six saves. He made a couple of really nice ones. The Leafs didn't get a ton of bounces. You're right. It was a weird game. Like it's not a game that you can come out of and go, oh man, they were awful. Like I did think. I I thought there was a lot of perimeter play in the offensive zone from William Nylander specifically and from the, from the bulk of them, but we're going to talk about Nylander and Marner in a minute. Perimeter play in the offensive zone and then sloppy play in the defensive zone. And like, just to hit it home one more time, if you're sloppy against this team, it's going in the back of your net. So I think they need to get it cleaned up. They can't get sucked into a run and gun. Cause you know, it's in the Leafs DNA. It's in the Leafs' DNA to want to play that way. That's the thing about the Panthers that makes me nervous is, like, they have the ability to suck the Leafs into a style that is going to, like, is going to give Florida chances going back the other way, and they're going to score in those chances. That's what makes me nervous. And you mentioned the power plays. It's like Florida took a ton of penalties in that first-round series against Boston. They're a pretty undisciplined hockey team. You can get them to take stupid penalties – Gotta make you gotta go Edmonton Oilers. Like you gotta make them pay. Like you have to. They have to be afraid. You have to make Matthew Kachuk afraid to take that extra shot after the whistle and take that penalty because it's gonna cost his team a goal. And I, I know Bobrovsky was a huge factor tonight, but like capitalizing on your power play opportunities has to be something that they are prioritizing. I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks this, but it just seemed like tonight just wasn't a playoff game. Like, every single, like we said earlier, maybe because it was the first round, they're playing Tampa. Like, game one, I felt sick to my stomach. And throughout the whole series, I was borderline nauseous, just so nervous and on the edge of my seat. Tonight just felt like a game in November, to be honest with you. It felt like a Tuesday night against the Florida Panthers. I don't feel any, like, there was, when they they made it 3-2, I was kind of spazzing a little bit, but... The end of the day, like I just didn't have that same feeling I had last round. It was just the the style of game that these two teams are going to play against each other. It's not 
playoff hockey. Tam- the Tampa Bay Lightning are the definition of a team that could buckle down and play playoff hockey. This team is it felt like a regular season game to be honest with you and it's just like i like right now like i don't like how they lost game 1 obviously but it's just I, i'm not there's a couple guys i want to hear behind their backs but it's just it's just there's i'm i'm not too upset right now okay there are going to be people in the comments of this video that are going to disagree with what i'm about to say and they're going to go but rob he had 11 points in the first round you cannot tell me that Mitch Marner it, Mitch Marner is at his best and he is most effective when he is hounding pucks and creating in the offensive zone and he wants the puck and he loses it and he gets it back and he's dominating. He he's just not doing that. I, I still see the same timid guy that we saw in round one. Mitch Marner is cougar. From the first Top Gun movie. Remember in Top Gun 1 when Maverick and Goose are flying with Cougar and Merlin and then they have the the encounter with the MiG and then Merlin after that, or Cougar after that, excuse me, is just like completely like struck with fear. That's what I see when I look at Mitch Marner. He just looks, he looks like when a puck comes near him, it's... He just can't wait to get rid of it. Like, it's like, I don't know if it's like the ramped up physicality. I don't know if it's just like the fear of making a mistake that's going to cost the team. I don't know what it is, but look around at this bracket in this league right now. This is as wide open as you're going to get. Like, this is, this is your chance. And if they're going to get through this round and get through another round and whatever, Mitch Marner is going to have to be a force night in and night out. And I'm sitting there tonight and I'm going, why is Matthew Nyes, a rookie, more of a factor, shift in and shift out? And I don't care about the 11 points, okay? Like, yes, it's nice. Good job. Well done. But you can't tell me that when you sit and watch this guy, that it's he's he's not, he's a shell of what he looked like. Like, he almost had 100 points this year. Like, where is that guy? I don't know. I, I think... Um... Like, do you think, do you think I'm... I'm I'm off my nut with this take on Marner. No, I think it just depends what type of fan you are of this team. Like there's just there's people who are probably seeing something different than we're seeing. What what I'm seeing and I think what you're seeing is just when you watch Mitch Marner play in the regular season, it's just like he's all over the ice. He's all over the play. He always has the puck. He's always doing something. And now it's just yeah, like he still can set up. He could still get that primary, secondary assist on goals because he's just that talented. But he's just, he's not the same guy who was in constantly injecting himself into every shift that, and being the same guy that he's always being. And the same thing with William Nylander too. It's that's, just, that's that's the gr- the best way of putting it, injecting himself. It's like he he wants it when, he, when he's locked in. He's, give me that puck, give me that puck. And he's setting up. Matthews or setting up Tavares or putting it in himself and he's just not even on the power play like he gets it on the power play he gets it's right off his stick it's like he just doesn't he's not engaging the way I think he needs to be engaging on like a shift to shift basis to help get this team over the hump I think so highly of the Tampa Bay Lightning now that I will cut any guy a break when you're playing them like they're just so good that it, it it's hard to get any space, but like you're you're watching this. This is why it's the problem with the series. It's just you're watching the Panthers, and it's like, it's, really like 
they're a good team. They can score. They can capitalize. I get it. But like, if they're if you're gonna actually get time and space and move the puck around effectively in this series, like this is the team to do it against, man. This isn't this isn't Tampa. Like this is this is a different this is different hockey. This should feed into Mitch Marner's game a little bit more and. And other and like Tavares was nowhere. Nylander was on the perimeter all night. Like this is a team where you sh- like it showed tonight that the Leafs can. You said it while we were watching. The Leafs can actually impose their will on this team. You even saw it physically. You saw Luke Shen hit a guy. You saw Morgan Riley hit a guy. You saw Jake McCabe hit a guy. Like we're not afraid here. We're not getting bullied. But and this is the series and this is the team where guys like Marner and Nylander can actually flourish because they're gonna have a little more time and space to move the puck around. Um, and they need to capitalize on their chances like Florida's capitalizing on theirs. But they need Marner to be playing the way he he plays when he's at his best in order to do that. Like, Matthew Kachuk is doing that right now. Austin Matthews did that against Tampa Bay Lightning. Austin Matthews had good scoring chances tonight. Like, I thought as the game went on, he... he, he I thought he wasn't playing, good. I'm sorry. Well, he started playing on the perimeter as well. But you can't you can't Europe the guy after his performance in Tampa. Like, Marner, again, I, I know the points. I feel like I have to reiterate this over and over again because... One thing I've learned from doing this podcast and putting it on YouTube or putting clips on TikTok, people hear what they want to hear. So, again, I get it. He had 11 points. That's fantastic. But you can't tell me that he is not a shell of what he was in the regular season when it comes to like his dominance when he has the puck. And the same thing goes for William Nylander, who is just back to being passive perimeter William Nylander and it's just like you and I both were talking about Ray Ferraro's hit on overdrive this afternoon where he basically talked about William Nylander and said this guy when he wants to be can be an X factor and like he just like come on man like you just had a career season like like we need more we need more yeah I mean I just just watching the game tonight I almost had like the two like I had a guy sitting on this shoulder and a guy sitting on this shoulder the guy on my left Wanted to just absolutely ream out every single player on this hockey team for just having a bad shift. And the other guys, like, we just watched the worst game one of all time not too long ago. So let's just not, let's not worry oh, about yeah, this. No, no, you know? no, no, I know. We're not no, freaking Nobody's out here. overreacting here. Like, this isn't like, listen. Like, at one point tonight, like, I kind of was, I was texting my, like, I try to keep my cool now. Like, I used to get all spazzy over sports takes, but like. Oh, my buddy's telling me how good, like, the Florida Panthers are, and I'm just getting angry. I'm like, this team isn't good. Like, this isn't, like, this irrelevant franchise. They're not good. That's what's well, going to be the most frustrating part of this series. It's just you're playing a team that's done nothing ever other than win the President's Trophy and get swept in the second round last year. So it's just, that's going to be the most frustrating part for me in this series. It's just... Well, you it, know you could beat this yeah, team. Yes. Like, you know, yes, it's, this yes, isn't a, a yes. juggernaut. If you're playing the Bruins, it's different because it's the Bruins. But yes. you're playing this team, you could beat this team. Yes. And if you make if you make stupid mistakes, sloppy mistakes, then that's on you. And not to take anything away from the Florida Panthers, but it's just like, come on, boys. Like, like I said, there were moments and stretches in the game tonight where I did thought that they imposed their will. So, yeah. Like, even when they lost to the Habs, you know, like, it, like that's the worst loss of all time. But... At least at the end of the day, like there's some historical significance there. It's just sitting and thinking of the thought of them losing to the Florida Panthers in a seven game series. Not that it's over. It's game one. I know this series is going six or seven. It's 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 what the Leafs do. They they always lose in seven. But it's just 
I just uh, like it's just, let's not lose to this irrelevant franchise, please, please play better. Yeah, it's it's true. Don't I, get sucked in. No, don't capitalize on your power yes. play opportunities. Yes, you got it. And look, but credit to Bobrovsky, he was he was excellent tonight. But again, I get like you just eliminated best the goalie? best goalie yeah. in the last like ten years. I like know. like let's like not freak out. Uh, though. No, let's we're not. not we're, freak not, out. we're not freaking out. No, we're not freaking. There's anything wrong with that? But we're yeah. not freaking out. Yeah, no, we're not freaking out. Like I said, I don't. I'm think, kind of freaking out, but I'm not, not freaking out. Okay, let's think, not do that. We're not like I, I'm not leaving that game going. Oh my god, this is a disaster. It's like no, you just one team capitalized on their chances, the other didn't. One team was sloppy defensively. The other had great goaltending. Yeah, but that's that if, simple. What did you think of Samsonov tonight? I thought he was fine. I thought that, I mean, obviously, I don't know why he's falling backwards, doing a backwards somersault on the Verhage goal, but first two goals, like, what are, what are you going to do about it? Like, really, he was fine. They could have won that game. They could have, they, they, they tied it up 2-2. They, they could have come back and won that game. There's no goalie's fault at all. I didn't even think Bobrovsky was that good. I'm going to be honest. Like, he made a couple of nice saves. He made a couple of nice saves, particularly on Austin Matthews. But I don't think that was the difference in that hockey game. No, it was, no, just... it was, the, it was they, they got back in the game, and they did a really good job against Tampa. Outside of game one after the bunting penalty and whatever, they did a really good job against Tampa of not giving up, like, a backbreaker. I guess, I mean, they did come back from 4-1. But in the close games, they did a really good job of not, like, sticking with it. And just that that Brody pinch, that, that McCabe pinch and that Brody, like, ill-advised decision, that, that was it. That was It was curtains after that. And I think with, even though it's, it's so weird, like, Tampa did absolutely dominate the play. But at the end of the day, Tampa's top guys did not score in that series. Right now, the Florida Panthers' top players are scoring. So if you give them the opportunity, no matter how much you outplay them, they're going to score when they get a chance. So you got to you got to eliminate the chances and your top guys have to score as much as their top guys are. Yeah, if if Brandon Montour gets a clean look, he's probably going to score. If Matthew Kachuk is in and around the net, he's either going to score or he's going to help set up a goal. Or he's going to bang one in. It's like One thing I do want to touch on that I thought was like a really huge positive tonight was we we need to turn change the name of this podcast to Talking Nice because he that second goal that put the Panthers up two nothing went in off his stick and when you're a young kid and you're in a high pressure situation like this like that is something that could very easily like crush your confidence and sort of take you out mentally and what does he do he comes out on the very next shift and scores his first NHL playoff goal. I just, I can't say enough about this kid's maturity and how he's looked since they've put him into the lineup. He is such an important piece for them going forward. I just, I, I, I love the kid. I love him. There hasn't been really a moment since he's showed up that I've been like, ooh, Matthew Nice. Like, yeah, just not, not once. Needs to make a quicker pass out of his own zone. Uh, that's the only thing I'd say, really. Uh, other than that, he's been good. He's on the top line. I mean, Zach Hassan Reese never was on the top line, so it just shows you a rookie can come in. If he has the ability, he's going to be put on the top line. But, yeah, I mean, I, another thing I liked tonight was I liked, I liked some of the hits, to be honest with you. Like, when's the last time you had you seen the Leaf players actually lay some nice, clean body checks? That was kind of nice. I didn't mind that. Yeah, they was they were the ones who were kind of bringing the physicality to Florida not tonight. Dirty, yeah, not no. nothing. They weren't really getting that. Like, there wasn't a lot of nasty stuff tonight, like early in the Tampa series, but... Luke Shen, beautiful hit on Kachuk. 
McCabe had a nice hit on Kachuk. Morgan Riley, I'm I'm, sure, I'm still not even sure it was Morgan Riley threw that hit, but it was that was a nice hit. Like I thought they, I thought they were pretty physical in a nice clean playoff style way. I I enjoyed that. When's the last time you saw a Leaf team do that? Never. Yeah, no, that was it was a nice. Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of positives to take from tonight's game. It's just capitalize on your chances and don't don't give don't be sloppy defensively. And you you can you should beat this team. Yeah, that's the problem with the series. See, you're man. already see you're not spazzing, but when I look into your soul, I can see that you are internally spazzing at the thought of getting eliminated, potentially getting eliminated by the Florida Panthers. Yeah, it's the worst. I mean, like I, I think back to the Sun Dean years, and and they were they they made it to the East final twice. They lost to Buffalo in '99, but at least Buffalo had Dom Hasek, but. They, they oh two they lose to the Hurricanes in the East Final and like it's kind of equivalent to that. It's like are we really gonna lose to just a complete irrelevant franchise. Like that's the only thing that that traps my ass about this series. To be honest with you, it's just it's wide open, man. Like it's yeah, wide open, and I don't want to get too upset after one game. And we know the Leafs. We've seen them play a playoff series since 2016. It always goes to six, seven every time, mostly seven. So I'm not getting too worried. But it's just the thought of. Going down 2-0 in Toronto. Also, can we just stop with home ice, too? Like, yeah. can we just... They the hate overrated <laughs> narrative in sports, in my opinion. Well, if it you means look, nothing. If you look at the... The Leafs prove that. <laughs> the Panthers prove that. It means nothing. If you look at the stats from round one, you're you're right. Like, the road team so said a really good... overrated yeah. thing in pro sports. Maybe other than the NFL, because it's one game, but... I'm sorry, in a seven-game series, it means jack shit. The Kraken, like, it's, it means nothing. It's already over. There's no advantage anymore. You lose one game. Like, oh, yeah, home ice advantage. What do you, yeah, I just, I hate that narrative. Were you, there were a lot of people um, perplexed at this schedule for this series. It is tonight, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. So no Saturday in there. It just is what it is. But it's the I two- mean, I thought, uh, yeah, it's not, I don't care about the, who cares about the Saturday? I don't care about that. It's just during the Tampa series, there was only one game that had two days in between it. And now there's two. That's yeah. the only difference, really. Well, and apparently that has to do with the Miami Heat and prioritization that the National Basketball Association gets in the U.S. over the National. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. That checks out. Yes, a relevant franchise. Yes, yes. That, that plays right into the narrative. No <sighs> one cares about the Florida Panthers. Well, we're uh, we're going to be back Thursday after Game Two. Um, I'd imagine Sheldon Keefe will have some different line combinations. I think he's just itching to get number three back in there. I know if I know if I know Sheldon, he's just he, tomorrow he's going right into Kyle's office and he's going to go. You know what we missed last night. Justin Hall, my son. Yeah. I mean, I was going to, nah. Yeah. There's also another defenseman who has a gray beard who also has a plan. Yeah, I do hockey. think, I do think, I didn't, I don't know if I want to get into that because, no, no, because, no, yeah. Let's, not, let's just leave. That. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's just, let's out. just leave that alone. We'll okay. Nugget there. All right. Well, as I said earlier, we will be back Thursday after game two. So if you'd like to come along that journey with us, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. If you're, friends <laughs> if you're uh if you're listening to the audio version as well 
like and subscribe, little review, every little bit helps. That's how people find you in the algorithm. So help people find us in the algorithm. SEO, baby. That's what we mean when we say spread the word and tell your friends. We will see everyone after game two. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.